0: persuading people to take the actions we want can be hard our teams and clients are bombarded with thousands of messages every single day but there is a way for you to get above the noise stories this is the Stories of Traction podcast, and I'm your host, Matt Zahn. Join my guests and me as we unpack the power of storytelling. We'll talk about topics like leadership, sales, and marketing, all through the lens of strategic storytelling. Enjoy this episode. Last night, I was at a networking event, and I was going, making my rounds, and I shook hands with this one gentleman, and I said, how are you doing, right? Because that's a normal way to have a conversation. How are you doing? How are you doing? And a lot of people say, oh, great, or good, or whatever. This person said, you know, to be honest with you, I'm really going through a challenging time, an extremely challenging time. And he went on and on about all the different trials and tribulations in his life and how, how terrible of a season it was. And I, I said to him, I said, do you, do you have good mentorship in your life? And he looked at me like I had three heads and he paused and he said, no, I don't. And I was, I was quite in bewilderment because I know this person. I know what he does. I know what he's done in the community. And I was literally blown away. That as much as some people talk about mentorship, he didn't have good mentors in his life. And this just speaks to the importance of discussing the topic of mentorship. And that's what we're going to do today. I'm so excited because I cannot think of anyone better than to discuss this topic of mentorship than Terrence Farrell. Now, for those of you who listen, you know that Terrence is not a stranger to the show. We've done numerous episodes. I will include all of those episodes in the show notes. We've done episodes, stories of leadership, how to get involved in politics, how to build a legacy, how hobbies make you more creative, strategic networking, and now we're going to focus on mentorship. Now, for those of you who might not be familiar with Terrence, Terrence Farrell served as a Chester County commissioner for 12 years, and before that, he was the recorder of deeds for eight years. Today, he is the president of Four Real Solutions, a consulting firm that brings value to its clients through leveraging Terrence's knowledge, experience, network, and creativity. Two of the major focuses for his business are reducing healthcare costs for various organizations and mitigating loss in pension funds that occur because of fraud or other illegal activities. Welcome back to the show, Terrence.
1: Thank you, Matt. Once again, thank you for having me.
0: I am really excited to tackle this topic. And I want to start with this. So based on the story that I mentioned, I was in bewilderment because this person was shocked that I even asked, do you have any mentors? And it's amazing because I feel like the last few years, we've talked about mentorship more and more as a culture. What, what is it that do you think blocks people from wanting to reach out and ask for help?
1: Well, that's a good question. And I think it's part of our cultural shift toward towards isolation. Um, we have our phones, we have our movies we individualize our movies we have our news sources that come to us individualized based on our tastes and political outlook and it we're closed off from other people um the phone isolates us uh, we seem to live by likes and acknowledgement on various social media platform rather than getting out Meeting people, having that human connection, and being able to, as we're sliding down that hill of depression, being able to be around people and get that human connection, be mentored or be coached or be consoled, really, by other people. So I think it's a cultural shift we're going through.
0: That is a... Fantastic point. I want to speak about that a little bit more is I was talking to a gentleman recently and he was talking about a really good business idea that he had. And he said, you know, some people are laughing at me. And I said, well, one of the advantages of the internet is on social media, if just 2% of people buy into your idea, you can amass a fortune, right? If 98% of the world laughs at you, but 2% locks into what you're saying, That is phenomenal. It's one of the powers of what social media has done. But the flip side is if someone does have a foolish idea and they're touting it, they will find people that agree with the idea and validate that stupid idea. So I really think that speaks to your point of isolation, that we have, we've created this almost dopamine system. We get dopamine hits out of social media, but just because someone get likes or comments doesn't mean that it's actually a good, legit idea. It takes sound mentorship in order to figure that out. So I appreciate you mentioning that.
1: That's very true, Matt. And it's true not only in business, but unfortunately, it's true in politics too. You can have crazy ideas, and you will find those 2% of people who gravitate towards you, toward that idea, reinforce you. And you know, there are people that go down rabbit holes, um, getting more and more likes, more and more backing for ideas that if you took a step back initially, you would just say, that's darn crazy.
0: Uh, that is a really good point. And for someone like yourself, That has been in the political arena for decades. Let's talk about that because high stress environment, lots going on. And a lot of people like yourself that have really good intentions get involved in politics. You legitimately want to do great things. There is a learning curve with it, a big learning curve. So, did you have any mentors that stick out to you in the political realm?
1: I did. I had several that were very helpful. In fact, um they made me who I am today or helped make me who I am today and today I'm a former commissioner, but I went through being a commissioner being an elected official uh, two of those would be a very local friend. I grew up in the Lincoln University Oxford PA area of Southern Chester County and I came up through the ranks. I was a committee person and then an area chair and then you know volunteer and um, ultimately a candidate and, and a successful candidate. But one of the people that helped me was a, a local Oxford area legend, uh, Paul Andreol. And Paul was mayor of Oxford. Um, he was involved in real estate. He was involved in a number of different things. He had a business himself, uh, a shop, a deli shop in Oxford. And when I was coming up through the ranks as an area chair, he helped in a number of ways and we got more and more uh, linked together. Um, He became area chair after I was recorder of deeds and we conferred often. And he was very, very practical, a man full of common sense, of um, a very well-reasoned person. And uh, I took his counsel to heart um, and, you know, he helped me see a lot of things politically, but he also supported me and brought many others into um, my circle of support. So Paul Andrew would be one of those.
0: So I knew Paul. Okay. And I met Paul when I was in my early 20s. And to this day, I still remember the first, I've had two conversations with him. I remember both of them. In fact, I remember the first time I met him, and he was so engaging i i i remember his handshake and i remember the way he leaned in and he was he was very he, he had this ability to connect and then focus in on who he was talking to i was i was blown away that he was willing as influential as he was i was blown away he was willing to even stop and have a conversation with me it was a fairly long conversation and he focused on inspiring me Like he, he let me have some, like I had a bunch of questions for him and he took time to inspire me to do this, this, like he was so passionate about inspiring people. And it's amazing. You said that because Terrence, I've seen that in you for years, your ability to connect, focus on you connecting eye contact handshake and just be immersed in the conversation and not looking at other people not looking if there's a better person or a more important person to go to you're just so engaged with the person and i remember conversations you and i have had one on one at different networking events and it really speaks to you know paul as your mentor so i appreciate you sharing that well i think
1: one thing one element that paul and i both share is that we like people Uh, to get into politics and be successful. I mean, there are folks who are not people, uh, persons, but to really be successful, I think you've got to actually like people, Um, at least at at the beginning level, when it's person-to-person contact. Paul and I both liked understanding the human condition in all of its forms, hearing what people had to say, finding out if there were connections and ways the person we're talking to might be helpful to us or we might be helpful to to them. Uh, And Paul really was a down-to-earth kind of guy, very personable, as you said, listening to the person in front of him, absorbing that person, and being able to recall conversations days, months, years later because that conversation was important to him. So Paul was one of my first and most memorable mentors.
0: That's awesome. Did you have anyone else in the political arena that stood out to you? I did. Um, As you know, and maybe other folks who are not familiar with Chester
1: County know, there's a political structure in Chester County made up of committee people, area chairs, and there's also a county chairman, a county Republican chairman, a county Democrat chairman. Um, I would was, am a Republican. So I came up through the Republican ranks. And when I was coming up, the county chairman at the time was Alan Novak. Uh, And Alan um, was county chairman when I was an area chair. And he saw something in me. Um, He encouraged me to get more involved in the political structure, to to come to events. Uh, Sometimes he'd uh, give me a ticket or two to come to an event. Uh, but he also realized that, you know, I was that part of that up-and-coming generation, and he encouraged me. And he, when I ran for election in 1995, running for Register of Wills, that was part of the learning curve because um, another candidate was successful. But I did learn about the ability to network behind the scenes to make sure that the outcome in in the in the votes of committee and in the convention went my way. So in 1999, I was successful to be elected as recorder of deeds. But Alan took a liking in, um, of me. He was one that put his finger on the scale, I, I believe, be- behind the scenes and encouraging others to vote for me when I ran for recorder of deeds. And we are still friendly to this day. You know, he was at one point both county chairman and state chairman. Uh, one of the first to ever do that. Um, Now he's gone into private business. Um, He's a a lobbyist. Uh, He's got a business that helps people move from the center of the pile to the top of the pile. Uh, And we talk from time to time still. And Alan was another political mentor who helped me along the way.
0: So it's interesting to me that you're naming people that I know, (laughs) that I know personally. So Alan. Is an amazing human being. So just for people listening that don't know Alan, so a- a- Alan was one of the most powerful people in Pennsylvania. He still might be I mean, very, very influential in, in Pennsylvania on multiple levels, not only politically, but business wise, organizationally speaking with different non very, very influential human being. And I will never forget, I was in a training that he was putting on. It was at the Marriott Hotel in Coatesville. There was a waiting list for this training. I think I waited, I don't even know, three, four months. It was almost, it was a good chunk of time to get in this training. And I, I felt so grateful. I was one of 30 other people and I'm sitting in this room and I'm listening to Alan Novak. And this is years ago. This is well over a decade ago. It might have been maybe close to even 15 years. It, it, I don't know the exact year. It was a long time ago, but I still remember. Something he said to this day that has stuck with me. He said, how I was brought up, how I was raised, whoever is in front of you is the most important person in the world. And he said, it doesn't matter if it's the CEO, it doesn't matter if it is a mail carrier, that mail carrier is the most important person in the world to you because they're delivering your mail. If you go out to a restaurant, that waitress is the most important person in the world to you because she's she is delivering your food to you so you could eat. And he talked about the importance of humility, regardless of how influential you become. And I've seen that in you, Terrence, from a humility perspective, from a relatability perspective, it is incredible how you relate to other people, not looking at people as if, oh, they're high and mighty. I need to, you know, focus on them. I've really seen you pull a ton of people up that are many, many levels beneath you because it speaks to the heart that you have for people. And I, 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 you know, I saw that in Alan Novak and I saw it in you. So I appreciate that. Thank you.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, I appreciate those, um, words of encouragement, really, for humility and and from my my perspective. I think that really, I got a lot of that from my parents and from appreciation of where they came from and what they accomplished in their lives. And when I was elected recorder of deeds and then commissioner, I really stood on the shoulders of giants. Uh, They were part of the greatest generation. They came from poverty. Both their parents, you know, had only high school educations, but they went on to get advanced degrees. My dad got a, a doctorate degree from Ohio State University. He was the first uh, African-American to get a doctorate degree in English from Ohio wow. State. That's awesome. My mom got uh, a master's degree and a longer career. She got several master's degrees. And you know, they they taught at uh, Lincoln University, a historically black college in su- Southern Chester County. And I did appreciate what they had accomplished. So uh, it was hard for me to get a, a a big head about what I was doing as an elected official in one of 67 counties in Pennsylvania and one of uh, 3,000 counties in the United States. But I also would say to this day that one thing that keeps me grounded in terms of not having a big head and um, being you know, a humble person is my wife. You know, I get a, I get a little beside myself and she brings me down there. I don't care if you were a commissioner, we need to take that trash out tonight. That's (laughs) awesome. There are people in your lives that will keep you grounded.
0: So I appreciate you sharing that, but I do want people to recognize that your story in some ways is rare. You know, I've, I've had the opportunity to work with hundreds of politicians over the years in some capacity And I would say the overwhelming majority of them go in with good intentions, but along the way, they get a bigger and bigger head. And when they get out of it, they're different people. And most often, a lot of times, not for the better. So I think it really speaks to your character and your wise mentorship that even after decades of being in the political world, you still have a level head. You still have an element of humility. You still have a tremendous amount of wisdom and you have an ability to pull people up. And reach up for for mentorship, but there's something said of you pulling people along to help them that speaks volumes to you. So I appreciate that. You know, you're a different person from starting to finish because of all the skill sets you learned. But I've never once thought to myself, "Wow, you have you know a problem with with ego." I've I've always felt. Completely at ease, working with you, having conversations with you, and that really speaks to great mentorship in your life.
1: Well, I appreciate your saying that, and part of part of being um, grounded and down to earth, being humble, comes from the fact that I come from a small community in Southern Chester County, uh, Lincoln University, Oxford area. That's where I grew up. That's where I knew people. And when I was first elected recorder of deeds, I told my staff. My one measuring stick is this. I sometimes go shopping at night or I go shopping during the day at the local ACME. And I want our office to run so well and your response being so kind and generous and responsive to people who call with an issue that I can go out and go to the local uh, ACME anytime and not be accosted by someone calling up and saying, you know, I called your office and they were so rude and this and that and the other, and that never happened because I have really set the parameters that it will come back to me personally. This is not, you know, something high in the sky kind of uh, ethereal um, fantasy. This is very real world for me in terms of living in the community I live in. Um, so that that was uh, that was a standard, and people rose to that standard.
0: That is incredible, especially being commissioner for 12 years that happened. And here's what it speaks to for me. Sometimes we need to be able to receive great mentorship before we can be great mentors. There's what a lot of leaders miss out on is a lot of leaders say, oh, I don't need mentorship. I don't need mentorship. And then they try to inspire their teams or their staff. And there's a disconnect because we need to be able to follow before we can lead. And that speaks to great mentorship that you had, that you were able to mentor your team. And my goodness. Does, I mean, does everyone listening to this, do you understand how incredible that is to be a county commissioner for 12 years and not have someone come up to you and complain about your your staff? I mean, people have all kinds of opinions and rage about stuff all the time. So the fact that that happens, it happened is incredible. So I appreciate you sharing that.
1: Well, people did come up to me to voice their opinions. But as you said, it wasn't about the treatment they had received from staff. It might have been maybe a vote I took or a position I, I stood for, and I could deal with that. I always was responsive when people called with an issue. You know, I took the phone call. I listened, you know, and that seemed to diffuse the situation. But you're, you're exactly right. You do need to receive mentorship before you can convey mentorship. And I've been fortunate enough to receive mentorship and also to be able to convey mentorship to those coming up behind me.
0: Sure, sure. So outside of the political arena, I know that that's been a big part of your career. You shifted gears and for the last few years, you've been doing very cool stuff in the business world, very impactful stuff. Have you? Did you take the idea of mentorship in the political world and apply it to business? Did you reach out for mentors early on when you were getting started? How did that look?
1: Well, I think you have to understand my parents were professors at Link University. I Gave you insight into the path up the academic ladder that they pursued. You know, they instilled in me the value of being a lifelong learner. And so when I turned to business, it wasn't with the thought that, hey, I know everything. You know, this is going to be a cakewalk. In fact, you know, I decided that I needed to have some professional business mentors. I did not need to reinvent the wheel. So, I hired uh, right out of the bat when I formed my uh, corporation in 2020, my LLC. I hired uh, a coach out of the Tony Robbins organization. We met every two weeks for 45 minutes or so. And that person, you know, as much as directing me, allowed me not to make some major mistakes. So, I think that was important. And one of the first things that this Uh, Coach taught me was that, and I had an opinion when I first got in the business that it could be a hobby business, that if I was successful, that's fine. If not, you know, I still had other sources of income. But uh, the coach said, no, you know, if you're starting a business and putting that time and energy into it, you want it to be a successful business, successful enough that you actually can sell that business at the end of five, eight, 10 years, whatever it is. And so that was a revolution in thought for me. And I I went out and got um, a QuickBooks consultant to make sure my books were in order so that I was tracking all those things that a potential buyer would want to see. And then it also started me on the pathway of realizing that to be successful in business, and I created a three to thrive for this first coach. And my three to thrive were get up every day and kick at it. You're not going to be successful just staying in bed and dreaming about it. Document what you're doing so that, you know, you can go back and review what's been successful and what's not successful and to continue to educate myself. So whether that's through courses, online courses, books, audio books, whatever format, and with other coaches, continue to learn and grow and be more knowledgeable tomorrow than I am today.
0: Wow. That's awesome. I appreciate sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for everything that you shared. I appreciate this conversation that we had. I th- I feel like I learned a lot from it based on the different stories that you shared, but there's three things in particular that stood out the most to me. I appreciate that one of the first things you said is that we live in isolation as a culture. I think a lot of that has to do with social media. So- The whole point of you saying that is we need to figure out ways to get out of isolation and connect with people and allow mentors to come into our life. The second piece is I appreciate you mentioning staying grounded. And you mentioned about how your wife (laughs) told you to take out the trash, regardless of how influential you became. We need to find someone in our life that we allow to keep us grounded. So I appreciate you sharing that. And then the final piece is you really spoke to the importance of we need to be able to receive great mentorship to give great mentorship. I think a lot of leaders miss that where... Yeah, they want to tell people what to do and inspire them, but if they're not willing to receive great mentorship, they don't know how it looks to receive great mentorship to give it. So I appreciate those three points. Now, if anyone wants to get uh, in contact with you, Terrence, they want to find out more about what you do at Four Real Solutions, or they have a question for you, uh, where's the best place they can go to get that information?
1: Well, the best place probably would be um, LinkedIn. I've got a LinkedIn profile, I've got my email address there, Um, and hopefully you'll drop my LinkedIn link in the uh, comments. So that'd be the best way to start a conversation with me or continue a conversation with me.
0: Absolutely. I I will include that in the show notes. People could just click and go from there. Thank you again, Terrence. I very much appreciate your time today.
1: Thank you, Matt. Once again, thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to the Stories with Traction podcast. Please leave a review since positive reviews will make it easier for others to find this conversation. Next episode will launch on Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern. Until then, remember, if you want to persuade with power and inspire those around you to action, you must share more stories.